everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new full-length episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. If you want video, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. And the audio, uh, excuse me, the audio version goes up on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Yes, I do release more reviews than that there throughout the week, but those reviews are strictly video versions on the YouTube page so again you want to make sure you subscribe to both so you can get it however you need to now but the big Wednesday ones are always gonna include things like news typically and usually a couple reviews in that which speaking of which tonight the movies on deck we're gonna be talking is don't worry darling and Wendell and wild that's what we're gonna be discussing tonight in my movie reviews but first we got a little bit of news to discuss first it was announced that A24 is going to be producing a series that's going to be uh, led by Brian Fuller, who you might know of Hannibal fame, uh, partnering with Victor Miller and Horror Inc. to create a Friday the 13th prequel series. Guys, it has finally, finally, finally happened. We have waited so so long y'all so so long at this point here it's absolutely ridiculous to think that the last friday the 13th movie we got was back in 2009 this was the remake it has been 13 years 13 years and it's still going to be even another year, if not two years, before we see this show come on the air. Because frankly, I would imagine that we don't actually see this show hit until early 2024. I mean, I know uh, I, I know a lot of people might hope for fall 2023, but I'm trying to like be optimistic. I'm trying to keep myself contained and realistic about all of this here. And so I don't think we're getting this. But it was announced that Victor Miller... Horror Inc., A24, and Brian Fuller are putting together a Friday the 13th prequel series that's going to be uh, focused on Crystal Lake. Now, they haven't re uh, revealed any other details, but what's most interesting about this is that if you've been following the court case uh, that's between Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham over the rights of Friday the 13th, that's basically what has stalled any progress happening to the Friday the 13th brand over the last 13 years at this point. Uh, famously, you know, uh, there is, uh, the, the game that's on, you know, all, all your favorite platforms and PC at this point, De uh, development of future DLC stopped on that because of this, uh, this court case that was going on, any kind of movies or TV shows that were in development, merchandise, all this stuff got stopped because of this court case. And basically it was Victor Miller reclaiming his original copyright to the Friday the 13th, uh, brand, which, you know, was really Pamela Voorhees and Camp Crystal Lake, um, and all those kinds of things, whereas Sean Cunningham and Horror Inc. owned the copyrights uh, for, like, adult hockey masks, Jason, and everything to do with that. And it ended to where Victor Miller get, uh, regained the, I believe it's the United States rights to everything that he wanted. And Sean Cunningham, or more specifically, Horror Inc. regained the overseas rights to things like adult Jason. The problem is, is that that doesn't really make for great television or great movies because you kind of need both the American and the overseas rights in order for anything to be successful. So for a while, we've been under the impression, mistakenly or not, 
that Jason was just going to be living under the water for a little bit longer until these two sides come to a deal because, unfortunately, uh, it didn't seem like any deal was going to be happening anytime soon. But it was revealed, though, uh, thanks to Larry Zerner, who uh, played Shelly in Friday the 13th Part 3D. Uh, it was revealed that Horror Inc. is actually working with Victor Miller on this, meaning that this series has the ability to cover everything under the Friday the 13th banner. We're not just talking Pamela Voorhees. We're not just talking Camp Crystal Lake. We're not just talking Kid Jason. We are talking everything. Sackhead Jason. Hockey Mask Jason. Uber Jason. We're talking everything, folks, under the sun is covered by this deal, which is exciting as all hell to find out that uh, we might actually, actually be getting a uh, uh like getting jason back on the screen sooner than later now because there's no details with this at all it's too early for speculation because you know i've been seeing folks online talking about oh, i don't really want a, a prequel series i just want jason and everything guys shut the fuck up and take what we can get right now when it comes to friday at 13 enough whining enough moaning about you not getting the specific version of jason that you want there's a little bit of jason for everybody stop acting like this series has ever had gravitas to it before i'm a friday at 13 diehard fanatic but we need to stop acting like we like that shit is on a pedestal or anything we've got an all sorts of insanity throughout this series we had an entry in 3d we had an entry where Corey feldman's grown-up self became jason we had an entry where somehow you got from camp crystal lake to manhattan where jason fights carrie where jason's in space where jason is a demon that goes from body to body to body to body like there's an endless amount of absurdity with this series why not take a prequel and let's just wait to see what happens with it guys brian fuller is involved brian fuller Give the damn man some time to work some things out, okay? So I'm stoked. New Friday 13th series. Great news. Great news. Great way to start November off for sure. Second story. This is uh, almost just as big if you really think about it. So Danny Boyle, who some of you might know from a, a little movie called uh, 28 Days later and sunshine another fantastic film as well uh denny boyle recently did an interview with nme where he revealed that alex garland who you might know is the writer of 28 days later uh other films like dread and uh, uh ex machina and things like that as well too um danny boyle revealed that alex garland has written a script for 28 months later and that he's seen it, and that he likes it. And this is the closest we might have ever been to getting a third entry in the 28 franchise. You know, we had 28 days later, 28 weeks later, came out back in 2007. 2007, guys! 2007! It's been 15 years. 15 years! And to go a step further than that, Killian Murphy said that he would like to come back too, that he'd be game to come back and do another entry, which is so fucking awesome. I don't know about y'all, but I'm hoping, I'm praying to God that uh, Disney decides they want to do it because, uh, you know, I believe it was Fox 
or Fox Atomic, like one of their brands there, are the ones who made these films. And Fox doesn't exist anymore. They're now a subsidiary of Disney. So I have to hope that Disney really, really wants to make another entry here because, good Lord, we need it. Uh, 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later are fantastic films. They're absolutely fantastic films. And it's not like this story ever, like, uh, ever was going to have, like, a certain amount of entries it needed to have. But if you've seen the ending of 28 Weeks Later, there was clearly a path that was laid out here. I don't care if they follow that up or not. Another story would be fantastic. And it's interesting that Killian Murphy's talking about uh, the, the mention of Danny Boyle. He'd be interested in, uh, in coming back. There was a follow-up comic that was produced for 28 Days Later, around the time 28 Weeks Later came out, where um, his character, uh, Jim, I believe it is Jim, right? It's, it's been a minute since I've watched it. I think it's Jim. Uh, to, where, uh, uh, to where Killian Murphy's character is actually killed in revenge for uh, what he did to Christopher Eccleston's character and all those troops at the end of 28 Days Later. And so, clearly that's not canon, and I don't give a fuck if it's canon or not, because let's get Killian Murphy back fighting rage zombies. Like, I'm all about that shit, for sure. Um, so, we might get a third entry in the 28 weeks, uh, 28 Days, 28 Weeks franchise. So, keep crossing your fingers. Hope they get this going and we get a green light because horror is killing it this year. So maybe Disney will decide this is the way to go. This is the absolute way to move forward. And we're going to hope we're going to hope for the best with this. So what are we talking tonight? As I mentioned, we are talking Wendell and Wild and Don't Worry Darling. Now, Wendell and Wild, you might have seen some trailers for it's Netflix, uh, one of Netflix's latest release uh, releases that was uh, directed by Henry Selleck, which if you recognize that name, Henry Selleck is the guy that is behind Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline and James and the Giant Peach. Um, he often, 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 often has those works attributed to Tim Burton, mistakenly enough, but he's the guy. He's the guy that's been doing that. And he co-wrote this new film along with Jordan Peele, another stop uh, stop motion, uh, stop animation film. This film focusing on Cat Elliot, who has recently lost her parents in a tragic accident and finds out that she is a hell maiden. And with her personal demons, Wendell and Wilde, is looking for a way to resurrect her dead parents. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in Cat's town of Russ Bank, a shadowy set of individuals known as the Klaxons are looking to demolish the town to expand their ever-reaching empire of private prisons. Now, that alone should, uh, should actually kind of like stand out to you. I'm not a Nightmare Before Christmas fan. I, I've admitted that before. Maybe not on this show, but I'm just, I, I've never really connected with it. I remember trying to enjoy it a lot as a kid, and it just wasn't really for me, honestly. I love I love the animation. I love the stop, the stop motion, the stop animation. I think that's absolutely fantastic. But the story itself just didn't play well to me, honestly. Um, like, it, it's hard for me when it comes to scary stuff mixed with Christmas stuff. Um and I do like a lot of holiday horror. I love holiday horror. Y'all know I've covered that on the show here before. But something about Nightmare Before Christmas didn't click with me. And it's funny because like every time I go to uh, Disneyland, my wife and I actually just went to Disneyland um, in the last few weeks here. 
And they always revamp uh, the Haunted Mansion, which is my absolute favorite ride at the Disney parks. Absolute favorite. Love Haunted Mansion. And the one in uh, Disneyland in California becomes the Nightmare Before Christmas, which I absolutely hate. I think it, the ride itself looks really cool, but it's just not for me. I love the original Haunted Mansion. But I digress. James and the Giant Peach, I, I love because I read that story. Roald Dahl is a fantastic writer. And so that's a good movie. Like, that's a, that's a fantastic film as well, too. And Coraline, a film that I had skipped for years and years and years. Um, a friend of mine, Diana Mako, had recommended that a few years ago when I started this show up. And I watched it. And I absolutely loved that as well, too. So I know that it's just the whole Nightmare Before Christmas thing that didn't sit with me. And so I was excited to see it, obviously, because Jordan Peele was involved with this. Um, he had his producing partner, Wynn Rosenfield, back on board with this, too. Uh, Monkey, uh, uh, Monkey Paw Productions was behind it. And the cast, Angela Bassett, um, uh, 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 Ving Rhames, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Jordan Peele, uh, 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 James Hong. Like, this is an absolutely fantastic cast david harewood um uh uh, uh uh natalie martinez lyric ross like this is a phenomenal cast and hearing that story i also can't really overlook the fact that it's a very black story it's a very very black story because when you think about that you know it, it's about this young black woman who lost her parents tragically and you know that's something that's that that you know everybody a, a lot of people out there know that but especially in the black community that's a, that's such a big thing for us is you know not maybe not having uh one parent or in this case not having both parents but then you think about what the villains of this story are doing um because while it is called wendell and wild it is focused on cat but the villains of the story the claxons they're trying to destroy you know cat's town they were trying to buy her father's brewery and buy up all these homes and get all this approval to build prisons. And what is the what is one of the main things that affects black communities so much is private prisons. And you know, there's there's a story point. I'm kind of skipping around, but there's a story point in there about the way that people are treated in these prisons, which is a big big thing and that that really stood out to me because that's like Jesus Christ, like, you know, like we, we joke about it we see kids movies featuring death and everything and we've kind of we've kind of come to the idea that that's normal and and like in a and in kids movies like you see death all the time like even in disney movies it's a very regular thing to see now um and the fact that a character is literally killed and drowned in this movie uh that multiple characters actually drown in this movie it like this movie does not skimp on the death in the least bit and i get it. Coraline's a very dark film as well nightmare before christmas not so much that's kind of really fantastical but um Coraline's a very dark movie as well too but there are characters who are actually killed like straight up murdered in this movie but that wasn't even the darkest thing the fact that this the, these shadowy villains the claxons are trying to build prisons just speaks to something I never I like I like I know that shit affects me but like that hit me deep that hit me really really deep as a plot point that is that's insane to have that in a kids movie because that's something that you know I feel that everybody should really know about that private prisons are are evil they're an evil fucking system out there that affects so many people and obviously disproportionately um people of color black people it affects us quite a bit and all Cat wants is, you know, she finds out that she's a hell maiden and that she has these personal demons, Wendell and Wilde, that offer to help her resurrect her parents. And her life has been 
hell. It's been absolute hell since her parents have passed away. And so she's looking at any chance to get that loving, uh, that, that, that loving, nurturing, caring life back because we see her as a kid and enjoying just the most loving times with her family. And then once her parents die, it shows her going to, you know, group homes and orphanages, uh, orphanages, orphanages, God, I can't pronounce that right. Um, and you see like, she kind of becomes like this gothic kind of character. Um, and which is something, you know, uh, we don't get to see a lot as well too. Like, and I, like, I know you might laugh here in this, but like black goths, like they exist. They absolutely exist. And even black goths who don't dress the, the that way, like, or black alternative, whatever you want to call it. And it was so refreshing to see designs like that. Uh, like to, to, because I honestly feel this could speak to so many kids out there. And I'm getting worked up uh, talking about it. But it was, it was very emotional to watch this. And to see that kind of representation in a story like this. Because that's not out there. That's not out there for stories like this at all. You know, um, they could easily made this just a little like a little white girl honestly and nobody would have batted an eye honestly and more people probably would be talking about it but the story is like incredibly incredibly strong you know one of cat's best friends raul is a uh, a, a a trans a trans boy which is again in it, like i say insane not because it's not normal but it's insane to get again all this kind of representation on film for people like this is going to be a very very powerful film to a lot of people and that's even before we even try to focus on key and peel uh you know reuniting in this role because that's a big thing for a lot of people too that's a, that's going to be appeal for a lot that's why it's called wendell and wild i am assuming is to market into people's love of key and peel back together again as that comedy duo and they are hilarious and they do a great great job but they're also not the main characters of this story they have their own story to where um they are uh 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 they're trying to make an amusement park uh amusement park for you know uh for departed souls that when you die you have some place to go and their father who is buffalo belzer who's basically an al uh, al algor allegory for the devil they're just trying to impress him and they hate you know the life that they're currently living so they want to use this hell hell maiden to help them live the life that they want to live you know and there's a lot of symbolism with that as well about using one person to get what you want and you know trying to treasure what you do have and that you can still make a life with new friends and with doing what you want to do without living in the shadow of somebody else and that sometimes when you fight for what you want and you do what would do what's right like people will notice. sometimes people really will notice these things and Again, it's a very powerful tale. It has fantastic music. I'd be I'd be amiss to not mention the music of this film. The fact that uh, you know, the one thing I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna point out here because I am a big wrestling fan, and that w the big climax at the end is set, and the timing of it just ridiculous, ridiculous. It is set to Living Colors' Cult of Personality, which if you're a wrestling fan, you know. Uh, the controversy going around with that right now. Um, so the the soundtrack on this is just phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And this is something where uh, Netflix isn't known for doing all their home video releases. But god damn, I hope that we get a home video release with this. Because I need to see more of this. And this is something where I would also love, love, love to see 
a TV show develop out of this as well, too, because the fact that Cat uh, is not the only Hell Priestess in this story as well, that Sister Helly, played by Angela Bassett, Queen, um, is a Hell Priestess as well, there is mileage there to show her adventures, or even show more adventures of Cat as well, too. And I know stop motion is hell. I don't know how easy that would actually be to produce a TV show that's entirely stop motion. I would imagine the animation changes at that point. But I would love to see a Window and Wild TV series and show them maybe, uh, maybe it focuses on them guiding lost souls uh, to their amusement park, while in, in the meantime, you know, cats up above using her powers to have them help her solve mysteries or something. I think that would be fantastic. So kudos, Henry Selleck. Uh, you should get the credit that you deserve because I'm not a Tim, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan, um, and you're the one who brought the magic to so much of this. Kudos to uh, Jordan Peele as well too. This is absolutely fantastic, and I know um, it's based on. I, I believe it's based on a. Um, a children's book as well that I think that Selick uh, Selick also helped uh, write himself, but this definitely want to check out, folks. Um, and you know, you could kind of argue it's the right timing for it. I know it came out this past Friday, right before Halloween, but the timing seems actually right for like a Thanksgiving kind of movie, honestly. So check it out it's on Netflix right now, Wendell and Wild, y'all. So what do we have to talk about next? Next we have Olivia Wilde's Don't worry darling now i don't really want to focus too much on all the other shit that uh that's obviously been said about the background of this movie and stuff you can go look on the gossip rags for all that kind of things here i want to talk about the movie itself here so alice and jack chambers are living in the company town of victory california and uh looks like the 1950s and you have to forgive me because, like, I feel like I might have I, I might have missed it where they, they said the year there. So I say 1950s. It could be the 60s. It could be the 60s. But it, it does look like, especially with the music in it, it very much seems like it's in the 50s. Um, and basically, they live in this, like, ideal life to where the men all leave at the start of the day to go work all day long. And meanwhile, the women are left at home to cook and clean and to swim and to drink and to shop. And... That's all it is. It's just this ideal lifestyle that the people had back in the 50s and I guess 60s over and over and over and over. Um, and they're led in this town by, um, excuse me, by uh, Frank, who is the leader of the Victory Project, uh, played by Chris Pine. And I, I forget to mention uh, the wonderful, always wonderful Florence Pugh is playing Alice, whereas uh, Harry Styles is playing Jack. Uh, but Chris Pine, who plays Frank, the leader of this uh, th this town, the one in charge, has this charismatic presence to him. And as we see Alice and Jack attend a uh, party at Frank's location, we can tell that there's something lurking beneath the surface. And we don't, we don't, I don't really know if you would wanna say sinister. Um, one of the guests at Frank's party brings up the question of what are we doing here? Like, what are we actually doing in this town? And is pulled off and, you know, claimed to be hysterical and crazy and all these other things. But it brings a fascinating, fascinating question up. I mean, there doesn't seem to be much actually happening. There doesn't seem to be much actually going on in this town besides, again, living this lifestyle. And so the question to the viewer, question to me, obviously, comes up is what are these guys working on? 
you know because we've seen plenty of period pieces where nefarious things are going on you know um there's there like uh, like is this a a shutter island situation to where everybody is actually in a mental institution at that point and they're just doing this as a as a form of therapy you know is it uh is it like westworld for example to where it's an amusement park to where you can go in and live out your your greatest fantasies uh, like again, these and these are very much at the opposite ends of the spectrum. Because if you think about it, you know, Shutter Island is actually set back in that time frame at that point. And you know, if you haven't seen Shutter Island, you absolutely should. You know, it's a fantastic film. Don't want to spoil the ending. Uh, but even Westworld, you know, Westworld is set in the future, and these people are going back to the old West and living in that lifetime. But it's a game, and there's so many other concepts out there in between you know one one could not help but think of a movie like the stepford wives to where there's obviously something a little bit more nefarious going on with all the men and all the women in this town as well too but there's a lot of questions that get posed from this and olivia wilde does such a great job with a script written by um by katie silverman uh to where it's not the typical kind of horror or it's not the the kind of horror you might think where you're going to get things like jump scares in there or you're worried about like monsters running around or anything like that. This is one to where you're trying to peel layer upon layer back. And the movie does give you some hints throughout it about what could actually be going on. And as we see things through the eyes of Alice who begins to question what is happening beneath the surface what am i not seeing here what am i not catching here because something is clearly wrong as you know people begin to disappear and she hears stories of folks who have gone crazy in this town before and she herself begins to uh, slip into what she, what everybody else is labeling insanity at this point you know is jack gonna help her uh, help her out here or not because jack is the only person at this point that she's able to trust what is frank's role behind all this because as much as we might like chris pine for sure uh that smile is hiding something terrible behind it you know and it's very interesting because i i think that florence Pugh has showed in so many films uh, so many films now that she's been in that she's like so capable of and capable stuff to work. She uh, she excels so well when it's a character just being dropped into into something random at this point and being forced to sink or swim. And while it is interesting that Jack is portrayed as the head of the household and Harry Styles is pushing out that he's the guy in charge. He's the one that's you know that he's the breadwinner. Uh, Alice is the one that's running everything. Alice is really the one that's running the show. And as a matter of fact, all the women in this, you know, because Alice's best friend, uh, Bunny, played by director Olivia Wilde, or uh, Shelly, who's played by uh, uh, Jimmy Chan, uh, who you might know from Eternals, who was in Eternals with Harry Styles as well. Uh, like, these women are conveying such, like, such this, uh, this, this leadership presence in the film that... It's very interesting that we're set in this this time timeline, whether it's 50s or 60s. You know, it's very interesting to see because if you think back then in real life to that kind of timeline, uh, women didn't have that kind of control. They really weren't the breadwinners, obviously. They really weren't in that position to do anything. And like even one of the biggest points is that how Alice, uh, she learns to drive and women don't know how to drive in this town at all. It's, it's just very interesting. And ultimately... What I will say about this film is that it does a fantastic job of setting up 
uh, Alice having to having to solve this mystery and solve some of the darker things that are going on in Victory. But where it falters, though, is that third act. Once we do finally find out the horrible, horrible secrets lurking beneath Victory, California, it unfortunately doesn't really live up to everything that came before. And I don't know if I was expecting maybe a bigger conclusion or maybe even a bigger climax. Like, the climax of this is pretty fucking huge, honestly. But after the climax, uh, it's a very steep drop-off. And I don't know if it's necessarily that I, I needed a bit of a coda to it, honestly, to wrap things up neatly. But I, I wasn't exactly happy with the way that things turned out in this story at the very end of it, at least. Um, I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about the script writing process of it. This is something I'm going to end up picking up physically for sure. Uh, and kudos to Olivia Wilde. Again, fantastic film at this point. Uh, you know, it deserves the recognition that it's got. Screw the drama that's going around about that. And Florence Pugh, man, that girl is good, good, good for her to keep on being one of the leading actors in Hollywood because everything that I've seen her in has just been absolutely fantastic. You know, earlier this year, I watched a film called Malevolence, this fantastic horror film about a group of uh, paranormal, uh, paranormal psychics uh, who are trying to solve a mystery. Fantastic. You know, we've seen her in the Marvel stuff. We've obviously seen her in Midsummer. Uh, this girl is just racking up. The, excuse me. This woman is racking up the, the like this amazing, amazing, amazing resume, and I can't get enough of her. She is such a captivating presence that you just want to see everything that she does. So this is one to definitely go and check out, folks. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much. Again, ten-year rule on both of these there, but go and check out. Don't worry, darling. Hey everybody, I appreciate you checking out this video, whether it was a review, whether it was a new episode, whether it was an unboxing, an interview, or whatever else. I want to remind you, you can check out my separate reviews also on my YouTube page, and new full episodes go up every Wednesday night on YouTube at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like, and share. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. Thank <laughs> you.